You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Keith Johnson. Do you run towards your future or away from it? Alan Seiler. We are five by five for warp. <laughs> oh, I love it. And Veronica Daschle. <laughs> I'm debating saying my usual high or I run away from it. So I'm going to do both. Okay. I just did it. okay (laughs) yeah big week this week we've got the premiere of star trek strange new worlds and the season finale of the second season of star trek picard so we're foregoing the news and history this week and we're diving straight in with strange new worlds well you just gave the news that's right the news is we had like those two (laughs) things so yeah exactly nothing else matters uh so Wait, wait wait i didn't do my spoilers okay Oh my god. You have to say spoilers though when you do it. Right. No, okay. Spoilers. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. I hope you keep all of that in. Awesome. It's all in, baby. <laughs> oh my gosh. So okay. Strange New Worlds. Any anyone, strange anyone World. catch Strange New Worlds today? Oh yeah. Yep. Wait, <laughs> is that a thing that we were supposed to have watched? <laughs> right. You could be very surprised. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. What do we think? Um, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yes. I Keith, loved it as you well. You love it. I liked it a great deal. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I liked it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I did. Matter of fact, I, <laughs> okay, started, well. I actually started watching it a second time because I will say it was a, it was very it hate to go there, but it reminded me of some of the old Trek where it was very easy to watch, and I just felt comfortable. Not yeah, well, because that's it's not a bad thing, it. is it? Not at all. Yeah. Well, okay. So, good. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was a Star Trek story with a prime directive debate. Yeah. Was a first contact. Yeah. A big speech from the captain at the end to tell this planet how they're going wrong. I mean, it, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was a Star funny. Trek. It was yeah. a Star Trek. Yeah. Yes, it was. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I, I just want to say real quick. Okay. So I watched it this morning before I went to work, and then I watched it again tonight after I watched Picard. And uh, the thing that I really kind of like am, am sort of stuck on is that when discovery started um i felt like it took like some time to sort of get used to it to kind of like understand who the characters are to kind of like you know get to a place where you uh know them and sort of are comfortable with them season two of discovery came along and i immediately loved pike Mm -hmm. and I had that yeah. same experience with this show. I immediately love every character on this show. Yeah. Like immediately. Yeah. Like I, I'm like, I know who they are. I understand them and I love them. Yeah. I they- feel like the characters in this show are more developed than the bridge characters on discovery. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't like know if they were developed, episode. but I feel like they all had lines and they all had an active participation in the episode. You know, yes, um, without it seeming forced. Yeah, even Ortegas. I mean, she's essentially just flying the ship and in command. When everybody's yeah, but, gone, but you know who she is. She's got personality. Yep. You know, right. she's got spark to her. Yeah, you understand her. Yeah, yeah, I, and I love her. Like mm-hmm. she might be my favorite already, and I, <laughs> I love her too. <laughs> she's so awesome. I know. <laughs> my only sad thing is that we have to wait till next week to sort of 
meet and get to know our chief engineer. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I, I, I love every character on the show. To be fair, though, that there's still going to be a discovery to introduce the chief engineer. So we have to wait a week, but we've been waiting four seasons for Discovery to introduce the chief engineer of the ship. <laughs> okay. That is a point. Very good <laughs> point. <Duly> accepted. <laughs> oh, man. Just a week or two ago, I was saying that I hope they don't lean into Pike uh, in his accident. Pike knowing his future uh, and his fate. It's yeah. something I didn't care much for in Discovery that now yeah. Pike's story is about the one episode he appeared in on the original or two episodes he appeared in on the original series. Uh, and I didn't want that to be to, to define him. But watching the episode today, I'm going to say I was entirely wrong about that because the way they did it, I absolutely yeah. loved. Yeah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. I, to me, they they brought together the Anson Mount Pike and the Jeffrey Hunter Pike and made them mm. feel like one character to me. Yes. I mean, wow. Yeah. Anson Mount. I mean, he's even said it. he he didn't look much to Jeffrey Hunter's portrayal because Jeffrey Hunter was playing Pike at a very specific time in his life. Yeah. And that's one of the, one of the things that I like about Jeffrey Hunter's character is that, I mean, it's you're starting off Star Trek and you're starting off this lead character with like Captain where we've got a strange distress signal from a planet where there might be humans still alive. Should we investigate? And he's like, ah, no, I might quit, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the first episode of Star Trek. Well, right. it, it, it tried to be right. Um, right. But, and mm. then of the, because he'd been through a trauma and he felt like he'd made decisions on Rigel that mm. got his crew killed. And now he doesn't right. feel like he should be in the chair, mm-hmm. which is a, a really interesting place to start a character. And then over the course of the episode, he sort of gets his mojo back. Well, yeah. Anson Mousepike came on and he's passed all that. He's very confident. He's very lighthearted. He's having a great time in space. But then he goes through another trauma of seeing mm. a vision of his future. Now he's in the same spot. He's reacting the way that original Chris, Chris Pike would react he yeah. he doesn't know if he's going to yeah. keep doing it he he maybe he's not the man for this and so i just i just love that for me it just brought both of those together to make it feel like one cohesive character you're absolutely right i thought that was such a smart parallel that mm-hmm. they drew there I, yeah. I i really really loved it yeah and i love that it's it's, it's very star trek captain to Oh. When you quit, ride around on a horse, live in a cabin, make breakfast. <laughs> I mean, I, that's got to be a generation's reference to Kirk, mm. you know? And, yeah. I, and I love that he's just uh, like watching the day the Earth is still on repeat. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. Love it. Love it. What I, what I noted there, what I thought was funny uh, to your point on that is I wonder, does any captain in the future live in a futuristic house? Because so <laughs> nah. far, it looks like they don't. <laughs> They, nah. books, they, they, they live, live in the cabin. future on the ship yeah. and they yeah. want to live in the past at home. Exactly. That's true. I, can see that. I mean, you lived in a futuristic, like hermetically sealed environment most of the time. Yeah. You know, you, you want to go out and get dirty. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> look snowy. at Riker. It's right. not like they don't have like shields up, red alert, ready to go at any moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they're yeah. tricked out. They just live in a you know. looking Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. looking. Yeah. I love I love Pike's introduction, but I think I'm going to be one. And this is just this is incredibly subjective. I really, really, really I wrote down four reallys hate the fact that he knows his future, but I hate mm-hmm. it in discovery. I I'm one of those people who sometimes gets really irritated with connections that are added because like there's a well-known thing. I hate the fact that he knows his future in the chair. I'd rather see. I, I don't like that hanging over him. I feel like it's a lot of thing that Kurtzman's people do. They they grab something really popular, like inserting tribbles into Star Trek uh, into darkness. So I don't like it. But at the same time, Anson Mount's such a good character, and a good actor. I love his performance, as you mm-hmm. said. 
And I think what you said, Charles, is is very, very, very important because it may not be as big a deal now, but if you flash back to Pike way back in the 60s, having a man and a captain who's supposed to be a hero start out with doubt was incredibly different back in mm-hmm. the day. Oh, yeah. And I love the way it does it, but it also humanizes him. Just mm-hmm. like the times when Kirk showed some doubt, like in Balance of Terror, right. he's talking to Bones. He's like, Bones, what if I make a mistake? I like that much more than the captain with the square jaw who never makes a mistake. So right. I loved his personality. And I thought it was it was so weird. Some of the stuff they got right. I love that little communicator. He was ignoring it. Kept beeping. Mm. And she goes, phone. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. You know what I loved? They Their, their communicators look very much like the classic. TOS yes. communicators, but they yeah. upgraded the yeah. functionality of them. Yes. Where you can yes. you can speak a, t- a command to it from across the room. You can yes. plug it into a monitor and do a video chat with it. Like they're they're giving it more yeah, the functionality so cool. of like our own the way we use technology now has changed. You know, yeah, they exactly. did a similar thing in lower decks with like the pads that look like next generation pads, but you can do selfies with them and video chats on them and things like that, that you couldn't do on <laughs> and, and they don't have and stacks can, of them. And you can have more than one tab open per, yes. per device. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> And I'm not going to, and now, and for continuity, I'm not going to nitpick about the fact that the original communicator was basically looked like somebody ran to a radio shack and put something together. You remember the original communicator? It was a circuit board. You're talking about the the, the cage one. Yes, that one. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to quibble what they didn't use that one. And I guess. Have we, we haven't seen a gun yet, have they? They're not going to have the round barrel laser guns. At we've start, we've seen them, but I don't think they've used them on the show yet. They haven't used ah, them on the sh- on the uh, show yet. Right. Right. We saw like photos of the props. Yeah. Yeah. And they yeah. look awesome. And well, all the all of the like, you know, peripheral tech mm-hmm. looks right. Oh, yeah. Like the, the oh, tricorder is gorgeous. The tricorder, man. <laughs> it really did look good. It's the same the way on Discovery. Prime? Yeah. yeah. That where the, the, the props look a lot like like the, the guy in the prop department didn't get the memo that we're not doing like <laughs> 1960s. And so it's like the one part of the show that looks like it could have been from the 1960s. Uh, I thought it was interesting that uh, Robert April was changed mm-hmm. to from a white man to a black man. Yeah. And he's an admiral. Um, I, I'm interested in knowing his. Uh, yeah. And I'm. Yeah, that's right. I, have they gotten rid of Commodores? I wonder. Because I, yes. love, I love Commodore. I, I yeah. like Commodore. Well, I say yes, but there was a Commodore O on Picard. So I guess it's just whenever yeah, it strikes true. someone's fancy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there were some interesting changes. The April's uh, race was changed. Was mm-hmm. that Kyle the same Kyle? His name is Kyle, is what we know. His name is right. Right. Yeah. I'm wondering if they're trying I'm to say I'm wondering that too. Time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure about that, but I, I I like the introduction. I now will say this: the same thing about Discovery, and I will say about whether you like these shows or not, they all look gorgeous. They look oh, gorgeous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and that ride in the snow around those um, yeah those, uh, wind thing wind turbines, mm-hmm. and then the shuttlecraft coming in and spooking the horse. That yeah. looked good. <laughs> and cool. I'm not even quibbling on the, yeah, I'm not even quibbling on the Enterprise. I thought the Enterprise looked looked pretty good. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And there's there's upgrades to like the, yeah. the original series Enterprise didn't have an emergency medical transporter right. and, and sick bay, you know, right? Um, things right. like That's that. Interesting. Now I, I did like that they because I th- I thought that there was going to be a conflict with Chapel because she she's already in Starfleet. She you know mm-hmm. before Roger Corby would have even disappeared, mm-hmm. and right. she's got two stripes on her sleeve for whatever reason, which made me think she's a commander. Which yeah. would make her she'd outrank bones, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but she's not; she's a civilian. Yeah, right. I thought that was a nice touch. Oh, that's right. They did say that. Yeah, good point. Talking about the the characters, um, I, I'm 
you know, I, I kind of like had a moment with her. Like I had a hard time finding a connection between her character and the one that we know from the original mm-hmm. series. Yes. Uh, it's it, well, but, but at the same time, I, it doesn't bother me at all because we're seeing this, this one character at two different, very different points in her life. Yeah. And obviously she matures a lot by the time that we see her in the original series. Mm-hmm. So I was totally fine with seeing a, a, like a lighter, more playful, uh, characteristic in her mm-hmm. in this show oh yeah like she's still very young in her career and she's enthusiastic i i really enjoyed her a lot hmm. yeah I, I i thought she was good too we said that after the trailers that she's just like a different character yeah. from the yeah. original christine yeah. chapel but uh that's fine i i'm yeah i'm, I'm not been out of shape about that. <laughs> <laughs> no. what did y'all think about the opening the space the final frontier and the music i thought it was okay i didn't love it <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I, I like the the sort of the imagery of the ship powering up and then going to warp and I mean flying yeah. through space. It's pretty standard stuff once it starts flying through space. But I like <laughs> that they're they're sort of they're they're out there exploring and doing strange new worlds. I, I'm glad it's not like a, a close up of someone's badge and then a close up of someone's hand and then a close up of someone's eyeball. You know? <laughs> that sounds using, awesome. Like, Let's do that. I think it's been things. done. <laughs> I really hate the lines to draw things. That's been a thing a lot of shows have done. Like it started with Game of Thrones and then like every series since then that is science fiction or fantasy seems to have adopted that. Mm-hmm. So it really annoys me. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I thought it was fine. I'm glad they, they went with the, um, the classic intro essentially, yeah. you know, they, they mm-hmm. let him do the voiceover. He's the new captain yeah. of the enterprise. Yeah. He mentions in the intro, they're on a five-year mission. So that's, yeah. that's fun. And yeah, I, I thought, I thought it was good. I, you know, what I don't like though, is that they don't put the title on the screen. Yeah, that's that's still kind of I was hoping that they would start doing that with this series just yeah. because it's kind of retro. Yeah. And I was hoping that that would be a change that they would make. But yeah. is that old fashioned now putting the title of an episode? I on think the it screen? must be. Why? I don't know. Uh, the title. I mean, it's on the menu screen. It's not like it's a right. secret. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they figure it's on the menu screen. You don't need to see it again. Exactly right. But I still love seeing it as part of mm-hmm. the unveiling of the episode. And with the writer's name. And with the writer's name, exactly. Which which you still get in the opening credits. But I know. just not attached to the episode title. I know. Yeah. Well, that's one nitpick. <laughs> so what did y'all think about the score? You know, that's something that I, um, you know, I'm a musician and I'm like a, you know, music nerd and stuff. And it's funny that I don't always hear the score. Yeah. Because I, because if I tend to like, you know, listen for it, if I focus on it, then I don't hear other things. Like I miss dialogue and stuff. Yes. So on my second time through the episode, I, I paid much more attention to the score and loved it. Mm. What did y'all think about it? Yeah, I need to watch it again and just listen for that. But yeah, I, I didn't notice any big callbacks that jumped out at me. There wasn't like a like, a, like Spock's fight theme that didn't start or anything like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I liked everything that I was hearing. You know, the, the, it, the tone of, of, of all the background music fit well from mm-hmm, what yeah. I can tell. But yeah. I almost never notice when there's background music <laughs> going on. So being a being an old school track fan who's been watching for fifty years, I of course paid attention to the theme and space the final frontier and i did enjoy that it's different from the ones that came before but i did like that and it may be both visual and oral but the big stick moment which everybody's calling when the enterprise came into the atmosphere Mm -hmm. accompanying that was wonderful Mm -hmm. yeah agreed that's perfectly fit it and i loved it yeah Uh, 
I thought yeah. that was pretty good. I also, even though the scene was kind of sort of goofy, the whole transport the stuff down into the person's eyes was was the music was actually pretty good there. Hmm. As was when the people jumped out of the hospital, uh, hospital, excuse me, when the people ran, jumped out of sick bay, which is mm, kind of a goofy yeah. scene. Oh yeah, the music, <laughs> the music was funny with it. The music yeah. was good. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, and you know, I was kind of, I was kind of wanting to pay attention to it um, the first time, but you know, I, I, I just can't until second viewing. But because you know, we had the opportunity to uh, interview the composer mm -hmm. a yeah. few weeks ago. Yeah, Nami was on our show, and so we got a little bit of a, uh, well, not a, not a preview of the music, but a preview of her approach to the music just a few weeks ago. So folks should go check that out. It was a bonus episode that we released a few weeks ago. Yeah, she was great to talk to. Oh She's gosh. a lot of fun. She really was. And we she, kept going. Oh, my God. We, did, You know, I thought we might do 20 minutes and it was an hour yeah. and yeah. we could have done more. <laughs> yeah. 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 He was. Yeah. She's so awesome. So I can't I can't wait to hear what she does for the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. I find it interesting. Alan, you're a musician and Charles, you do and you all do performance art. Mm -hmm. And none of y'all pay attention to music, which is funny. I am not a musician, and I listen to music all the time. I mean, I <laughs> I, I I consciously listen to it, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I I'm kind of weird in that I don't I'm not able to like I can't multitask when I hear stuff. So mm -hmm. like if I'm writing, I can't listen to any music that has words or lyrics or whatever because yes. I can't do both. Yes. So uh -huh. it's like I, if I if I try to if I want to know what's happening in the episode and understand the story, then <laughs> I sort of have to like tune the music out a little bit. Mm. That's why I have to go for a second uh, pass on it just to like really focus on what the music is doing. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, stupid. This is what my dumb brain. Oh, brain! I'm looking forward to it. Dumb brain. If only I had Spock's brain. Yes. <laughs> you can get that. <laughs> <laughs> Seen it happen. Right. <laughs> um, so, what do we think of the of the planet adventure? We got, a, we got a planet adventure for crying out we loud. We did get a yeah, that's true. We did get a planet <laughs> adventure, and that's I'll tell you though, it was. At, at, it was kind of hard watching because it relied so much on what has happened here, like mm. in the past year and a half. And right. it was just hard to see, but mm. it was good at, in, in the sense of it putting this new planet that we're just coming into contact with in a context. Oh yeah. You know, an understandable context. Yeah. I, I, so I, it was, it, I thought it was really good. It, mm -hmm. It wasn't the point of the episode. The point of the episode was to put these characters in a situation so the audience can get to know them and get introduced to them. And it's like the the the, the planet story really didn't wasn't that consequential. Mm -hmm. yeah. But but it served its purpose and it was it was good in the sense that the, the way that it related to what we have just experienced in our own country within like the past year. I, I like the fact that I thought it was, I, I give them a nod for some interesting science that they added because I love when they said something to the effect of, gosh, nobody's ever created a warp bomb first because, yeah. and I like that. I thought that was yeah. kind of cool. Mm -hmm. they, they bypassed exploration. <laughs> they created a <laughs> yeah. warp bomb. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> well, I thought it was interesting that they tied, I mean, they tied it in so much with Discovery. I was really wasn't yes, expecting I agree. that, that, you know, they talked about Michael Burnham and they talked about the the big final battle that yeah. happened to be near this planet. I guess they were able to watch and observe and learn enough to figure out what warp does, or at least how to use it, harness it in some way. 
Exactly. Yeah, I had, there I had a huge problem with that. I got to mm. say, they said that they looked through their telescopes and figured out how warp drive works. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what they said. Huh? Yep. That makes no sense. I, I thought they at least said a ship from the battle crashed. You can't just look through a telescope and figure out how something works. Well, I'm sure that the, that the reality was more than just looking through telescopes. Yeah, it could be radio telescopes. I mean, they, and They studied telemetry and all this stuff and mm. reverse engineered, mm-hmm. figured stuff out. Yeah. I mean, if they if they've got like a James Webb telescope up there, you know that might be getting <laughs> exactly. some HD images of starships and components, right. especially in a battle where things are flying yeah. apart. Keith yeah, doesn't I, sound convinced. I was gonna say that we saw at the end that they're very imitative and they're very mm. like they're as soon as they're studying the Enterprise and they're studying, you know, all you see their scientists and their and their students and their religion all going to work on it. So yeah. it, it yeah. kind of made me think of Sigma Osha with the, the imitative people who you leave a book behind and it changes their society. You leave a communicator behind, it changes the society. Right. Right. I'm not going to be sticking them up to call out. I just don't see how you can look through a telescope and, and you don't even have more technology. Now, if a ship had crashed, I would have been yeah. cool with it. Well, yeah, but sure. I, but, but yeah, I got past that because I really do think that I, I and, and it it didn't feel it didn't feel forced because as you're saying, this is realistic. I love the fact that this lady, the, the leader, she was very matter of fact. She's like, hey, we got this new technology, we're gonna destroy our enemies. And she's pretty much, haven't you wanted to basically blow some people away? You got on your nerves. Yeah. And and I love what he's like, yeah, we have. I, I, I yeah. that was Star Trek. I think I thought it was so in a weird way, it was refreshingly honest. She was mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. nonchalant about it. like, well, what else would you what would you do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that they, he, they, they let him do a planet-wide broadcast to every man, woman, and child. Uh, I would have thought they did that behind closed chambers. But that well, they were good. already doing a live broadcast. He just beamed down into the middle of it. Uh, and they just but now, now, they, now they whoever was doing the broadcasting did not cut the signal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know, but but they knew that they were broadcasting live. And, uh, you know, so he just took advantage of that. Well, if aliens appear on C-SPAN, they better not stop the signal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the most interesting thing that's ever happened. Who's in office? <laughs> right. Oh, shoot. Oh. That's funny. Yeah. I thought I thought it was fun. I thought the characters are fun. Uh, you know, and like we've said before, there's going to be changes. Um, now, one yeah. thing that did surprise me, it seems like they're setting the Gorn up to be uh, a, yes. a, a big deal. Did Starfleet know about the Gorn before Kirk encountered the Gorn on Cestus 3? Uh, the, the the generally accepted interpretation of Arena is that that was the first contact with the Gorn, but yeah, I've so. not rewatched it again to see what loopholes they may have found in that because we also <laughs> had the general. It's also been generally accepted that Spock hasn't seen to Pring since he was a kid, and yeah, he, he saw her this yeah. time. Yeah, he did. And he knows her. He knows her as much as he wanted to. Yeah, that's right. Or as much as she yeah, wanted can, to. Well, that's the truth. <laughs> You can say he knew her uh, in every sense of the word. Yeah, I Almost. thought that was a little interesting. I, yeah. think that I felt like that was a little much, and they were just really trying very, very hard to get yeah. that PG-13 rating. I don't know. I mean, Tapring's whole story <laughs> in um, Amok Time is that she's going to marry a guy who's going to be there. She's going to, you know what I mean? Right. It's, it's going to be Spock or it's going to be Stan. Right. She didn't really want it to be Spock. She already picked someone else out because Spock was gone. So, yeah. Uh, that, that, yeah. that fit to Prince's character for me. I thought so too. I thought that fit nicely. Yeah. Okay. So I have a I have a little little weird point about that whole situation. Okay. And that is Mr. Spock himself. A Ethan Peck, and this is not something I have a problem with. Ethan Peck has buffed up. 
Yep. Yes. Yes. yes, I thought that too. B, okay. Why did they make him shave his chest? <laughs> oh, you're talking Leonard Nimoy here. Thank Finn, you. Harry Thank Chesley you. First Nimoy. of all, but we yeah. saw, but we saw last season, or uh, sorry, uh, on Disco, that Ethan Peck has chest hair. Mm. Yeah. We have that whole <laughs> famous situation with the knockdown drag out that Gene Roddenberry had with Nimoy, who refused to go along with with Roddenberry's request. And so now we have a smooth bodied Spock, and it's mm-hmm. just weird. Yes. Yeah. Now. Now, I also want to say I didn't notice that. What? I also want to say, hello, Mr. Spock. (laughs) (laughs) That's a separate point. Right. Yeah, I did notice he wasn't as kind of lean and lanky as Leonard Nimoy. And then and you're right, I'm looking like, did he did he have the gym between seasons or something? Sure he did. Oh yes. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I thought the thing with him and Dupring, I wrote down it's not bad, it's not quote unquote wrong. But I guess, uh, Charles, I always thought that they only were bonded at seven. And then he basically mm-hmm. left for years because he hadn't even seen his parents in years. And I right. thought the next time he would have seen her was um, when he came back from the Kunath Khalifi. So it was a little weird to have her say, you know, marry me. And then the one thing which is kind of you know, interesting, because some people still don't understand that Vulcans can have sex whenever they feel like it. Mm-hmm. It's not that they only have it every seven years. Exactly. It's just they must have it every seven years, but right. they, they get busy anytime they want well, if and, they feel like and it. And also that they use more than just their fingers. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I learned that. Yeah. <laughs> I did like when Pike called he said, Spark, are you naked? <laughs> <laughs> and, and note that he didn't say naked. Yes. <laughs> Spock, is this uh, your naked time? I thought they were going in that if direction, If you would have too. said that, that would have been amazing. I know. <laughs> when they beam down and um, Spock's like, where's my pants? And I was like, they really beam Spock down with no pants on? Right. But, Me too. No, because it, it was shorts. Right. Me too. <laughs> I, I thought that was interesting, too. That's something I didn't care much for was this like bat pole type transporter where they're, they're changing your clothes in the beam. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And, yeah. and equip them, too. Because yeah. the dude, because Kyle is like, hey, we've got local clothing programmed in plus uh, tricorders and confirm no weapons. Right. Right. So they are sent down with whatever equipment they request and mm-hmm. it arrives with them. That's strange. Yeah. Also, also, they've made some changes to like, I mean, we've never actually like seen in depth into like um, surgical alterations of physicality. But mm-hmm. our understanding is surgical and so they have made a change to that too and i I was kind of like that just seems kind of like hand wavy to me that Mm. seemed a little too much like time crystals and like the 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 apparatus on la serena that just fixes everything like magic right (laughs) i forgot about that (laughs) yeah because you used to always figure it was it was advanced plastic surgery or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah, totally here, here it was some genetic manipulation that will probably work and then, right. <laughs> well, and that's possible that this is how it starts. And yeah. knowing that this doesn't always work, that's what leads to actual surgical procedures. Mm. I can see that. Yeah, I can see I that. Was, I was. Right, little, I'm buying into it now. I was a little myth oh. that Nurse Chapel was like the person who was in charge of this in all of Starfleet, and it was genetic manipulation. I was like that. That that's not her character, but. 
No. And I guess, and it, it kind of goes back to we have to we have to go with technology as what we know fifty years from now. It's kind of like I always yeah. get stuck on next, next generation when Wesley Crusher was the first person in history to put new nanites together. I might even mention that recently. <laughs> and now, of course, have. we know that that would not be something new. So I guess you have to give them kind of a pass about. I was kind of bummed out because like, well, then where are all the scenes where Spock's going to have to beam down with a stocking cap over his head? You know, he's always, he's always got a, every show mm-hmm. is so weird. They beam him down. Then like, oh my God, how do we hide your ears? And that's always been a thing. <laughs> yeah. A headscarf or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Something that also I thought was weird and I was looking for it. Boy, was I looking for it. It was when What's-Her-Face introduced herself as Noonien Singh, not an eye batted on the bridge. Mm-hmm. So is that just a super common name that nobody even thinks about? And I guess you wouldn't assume that. Or or not a common name, and it just doesn't mean anything yet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah unless you know the history of Khan, yeah. it wouldn't mean anything. Right. Well, everybody would know the history of Khan, wouldn't they? Oh, well, I don't know. One would, well, maybe. I mean, they know the history of the genetic, or whatever it is, the big the war. Eugenics wars. You, thank you. I couldn't remember the yeah. word. <laughs> yeah, because he moved a quarter of the earth. Yeah. So I would... I would think, but maybe it's just a common name, but, but then Pike seems to know something about her outside the Gorn stuff. So. See, I just thought it was interesting. It would, uh, I hate to use that analogy. If you like somebody come on board and said, my name's Hitler, you go, oh, <laughs> any relation? <laughs> yeah, you'd say something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mentioned her backstory. Um, yeah. She mentioned that she was on a colony ship. Yeah. yeah. Was, um, which it could be that the Botany Bay had a, another ship or like a sister ship, or it could be that there was just more than one ship full of augments who escaped the earth. Possible. Or, or it ties into Picard with what happened at the end of Picard. Well, it does with the, he had the file. Yeah, it absolutely does, but we haven't got there yet. (laughs) 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 Um, But the way they jump ahead a couple of centuries. Right. But um, (laughs) I, I did think it was interesting that, you know, they, they phrased the, Basically, the 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 footage of the area that we're in now, as sort of the this new civil war, and he said, and then comes the eugenics wars, and yes. then World War Three. Which yes. one? It's interesting that they're tying those all in together because there's a series yes. is a little vague about what was the eugenics wars and what was World War Three and all that kind right. of stuff. But right. also, it seems like they're shifting the date. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, they showed the Capitol riots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I thought I that did. was interesting. Threw that in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I looked specifically to see if they were going to show that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, same. Which yeah. is a, a little more on the nose than they usually would be. You don't usually exactly. get new news footage or recent news footage on a Star Trek, even when they're saying, you know, back in the time this people are watching this episode, they were we were so primitive, you know. But you don't usually <laughs> say, and here's Walter Cronkite. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. But it was interesting that in uh, I, I guess it was toward the beginning of the episode when we first hear like news transmissions from the planet, they say something about. Uh, Capitol buildings have been raided or something mm-hmm. like that. So it, it, mm-hmm. it very specifically, you know, tied that together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they're essentially at a, at a stage where we are in our own yes. history. Yes. And you know, that's, that's the great thing about the little heavy handed moral matches on Star Trek, where it's like, yeah. here's the path you could go down. Yeah. You know? um, the only thing, well, we, we haven't talked about uh, Mr. Kirk. Oh, true. Uh, True. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just walk uh, to the bridge at the end uh, of the episode. Mm-hmm. I could do without a Kirk on the ship. Yeah. Oh, well. I don't need it. <laughs> I did not even know it was going in that direction. Yeah, I'm glad he had the mustache. Yes. I'm glad they didn't call him Sam because yes. only Kirk calls him Sam. Kirk only Kirk. Sam. Yeah. Exactly we didn't right. know before now that he was in Starfleet or that he started on the Enterprise. Did we know right. anything yeah. about him other than that one time that he was mentioned in almost in passing? 
Yeah, he was also in um, uh, Operation Annihilate. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, sort of. But um, <laughs> yeah. Well, he, it, basically, he. I thought he was a, re- a civilian researcher on Denova, and maybe he would be. That's what but, I thought. So we, but but I mean, it's ten years later, he very well could be. Mm-hmm. You know. Very true. Um, very true. Yeah. About Samuel Kirk, I wrote the same thing I wrote about the Pring. It's not wrong, and I don't hate it, but I really don't need it. I thought mm-hmm. it was. I think it's. I I yeah. I'm, I I just think it's unnecessary to put a Kirk of any stripe on the Enterprise. These connections sometimes drive me batty. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fine, but well, I, I feel like we it. have enough retro going on with the yes. main cast itself that we right. don't need to bring in. We don't need whoever exactly. else, you mm-hmm. know, strolling in. Right. Now, having said that, at some point this season, I do want to see Laurel. I, yeah, w- I would love I to see Laurel. Be, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, because assuming that once we get to a section 31 series, Laurel and Ash will be featured in that mm-hmm. in some way, but I do want. You know, mm. like some uh, reminder for the audience. Hey, Lorel is still out there and she's still doing a thing. Plus, Mary Chifo was freaking amazing. And I yes. do want to see her back on. Heck yeah. yeah. I'd be fine getting Mary Chifo, even if she was playing a different part. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Totally, totally, totally. Veronica mentioned the Discovery, uh, like secondary bridge characters. Mm-hmm. And we we already have a couple of those with Kyle in, in transporting. Mm-hmm. And um the girl on the bridge and i can't remember her name um the, the one, one next to ortegas next to ortegas yeah i can't remember i don't, her remember, name. I don't remember him either but i, I thought they were nice i like like mm-hmm. them immediately they both got dialogue you yeah. know so i i enjoyed their presence a lot and mm-hmm. I, I you realized they were going to be characters on the show you didn't think they were background characters yeah. like they were well, i knew kyle's well, a background character he's not treated yeah. like you know, Uhura, no. for instance, is featured by the camera in a way that Kyle is not. Even oh, we she haven't talked about Uhura. I thought she was adorable. Yeah. I loved her. Yeah. Loved yes. her. Yeah. I thought, okay. Interesting thing about Uhura, and one quick thing is the humor mostly landed in the show for me. So I thought they did a pretty decent job. Spock screaming didn't make any sense to me when he's like, excuse me, Jack. Oh, I thought that was a, <laughs> that was a, that was a clunky humor scene. Yeah. yeah. And, it did seem a bit forced. Yeah. He should have screamed pain. And then, yeah. <laughs> and yes. even though it was it was funny when the when the people woke up and ran out of the sick bay, I'm kind of thinking there's no security guards anywhere because they were running all over the ship. Although it did give her a chance to play really cool because I did love the yep. way she just talked to that guy. Yeah, that was awesome. She'd I'm already like, studied yes. the planet's culture. Yeah, yep. and he's like, you know about this? And she's like, oh, of course I do. And remember, she corrected Pike when he said how many languages she spoke. Mm-hmm. And she, I forget the number, but it was way higher. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I do think that Starfleet officers should, should do something if you see an alien running down the <laughs> corridor. Like maybe, yes. like they weren't even reacting. They're just, yeah, <laughs> they're just it's going. like a normal day, I guess. Yeah. At least stick your leg out and trip them. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. and, and then one more thought about the, the, the transporters changing your clothes. That oh, had yeah. better turn into a Lower Decks joke. Oh, really, yes. That's perfect really Lower Decks humor. <laughs> Oh, yes. Absolutely. And one last thing I will say I did like, which I, I give them credit for. I thought the ending was a little rushed. Not, and it wasn't bad. I think it was one of those shows that could have been like five minutes longer. But I did like when um, April later on basically said the way he kept them from all getting in trouble was it was a classified and you can't talk about it. So they can't even discipline them. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I thought that was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was all. Yeah. That was good. Mm hmm. And I love general order number one. That sounded so cool in retro instead of prime directive. Yeah. He'll never stick. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
All right, let's take a quick break to promote a fellow ESO Network podcast show. And then when we come back, we'll be talking about the season finale of Star Trek Picard season two. So stay right there. I'm Drew Leiter. And I'm Cletus Jacobs. Join us weekly as we journey into DC's infinite frontier. We discuss DC news, comics, television shows, movies, and more. Earth Station DCU is part of the ESO Network. Check us out where fine podcasts are found. All right, so yeah, we're still in spoiler territory. Now for Star Trek Picard, season two. We got two live action episodes of Star Trek this week again, which I mean, actually is happening more often than it has in a while, but it's still uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 We watched um, Strange New Worlds first mm-hmm. after Chuck so did up I. at oh, heck only knows what hour. <laughs> I made it almost halfway through before I passed out and luckily of Picard, you mean? Of Picard, yeah. yes. I, I, I got up at 3 a.m. to watch him back and back so that someone like Will Wheaton wouldn't spoil me during the day. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I'm really? thankful that I did because Will Wheaton yeah. posted spoilers on Facebook. Um, on, but he wasn't alone. There was a lot of that. It, it was like and, a. He had to address it because everyone else had already yeah, it's tweeted like a, it at him so or whatever. Yeah, it was yeah. like a baby Yoda situation for yeah. a Star Trek fan. <laughs> you know, like everyone's talking about it. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. I watched Picard first and then Strange New Worlds. And I I I I heard something interesting. I heard somebody in another podcast talk about both Discovery and Picard. And they said the weirdest thing. They said, you know, if you watch these shows the way they were intended, which is every week, it's easier to get lost. And this person went back and binge watched Discovery at Picard. And they said, you know, if you watch all those shows back to back to back in a single day, it makes a lot more sense. <laughs> I don't know if that works or not, but I still came out of Picard feeling like I'm not catching some threads. I still come out of feeling as if maybe four good episodes could have told this story instead of oh, yes. 10 episodes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, and so I, you know, I just keep feeling like I'm losing threads. I still don't know what's wrong with Q. Is he the only one dying or the entire Q continuum dying? I'm lost. Mm. Um, I don't know if we needed 10 episodes for Picard to learn no. to love himself and forgive himself. No. And, and even he's a dying, stubborn it, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, and we, it's been done frankly better in, in, in individual episodes when he was helped Picard, or in uh, all good things. So I don't dislike it. I just came away feeling a little underwhelmed, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Didn't hate it. I just felt mm. underwhelmed. I just, I, I don't feel like I have a big journey. Yeah, I didn't hate it either. There's a lot of things in this that I find really exciting that I like a lot. I love yeah. the characters. I love mm-hmm. the fact that the, mm-hmm. the Gary Seven sort of mythology is back in Star Trek. And they've done it really well. I Agreed. love. I even like Sung and the fact that there's a Sung who cre- created a first Corey or a first, you know, basically a, a predecessor of Dodge and Soji, essentially. Yes. But in present day, I'd really fascinated to see if that's going to tie into anything else later on. I mean, but there's, it's just I think the part of the problem is there's just so much stuff. Yeah, and yes. it it doesn't, and and I mean, there's there's whole sections of the show that you could take out. Like if you yes. if you if Picard had never been captured by FBI guy, how would that affect the story at all? None. Absolutely. Yeah. What were those Vulcans doing? None. Right. What did it have to do Makes with the story? No the same yeah. thing with. I mean, I hate to say it, but Rios uh, getting captured by ICE is the same way. If he'd never been captured by ICE, they never had to rescue him. It doesn't affect right. the story at all. I mean, Absolutely. that's right there. Essentially, two episodes you could cut out of a ten episode story and not lose anything. Hmm. You know? And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be really, 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 really dense. What was the 2024 point in the first place? 
I'm still. I'm I had. To, I was. It. I was thinking about that today. Like, so what was it they fixed? <laughs> you I'm know? not sure. Did like, he what? have to go back and? I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, really, I think it, it comes down to uh, obviously Rene Picard. Yeah. Now they did stop the killer drones. I'll give him credit yeah. for that. Okay, that's um, the 24, 24 thing. Uh, what were you asking about? Did I get confused? Yeah, no, you're right. That's why I was, I was. I honestly kept trying to understand the the, the importance of the twenty year twenty twenty four. Which right was back to this Rene Picard. And I gotta mm-hmm. say again, I, I'm really not trying to attack a nitpick, but this this whole weird nebulous thing about in twenty twenty four, which is two years from now, she goes to another planet, solar system, and finds an alien organism that that cleans the ocean and the atmosphere. I am. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I honestly was one of people who was smoking some peyote when they wrote this because it, it, <laughs> it, it and it's not and it's not holding me. You know, it's just not holding me. And then on top of that, even though evidently this alien organism, which is, do you honestly think anybody would let an alien organism loose in our environment a couple of years after they <laughs> discovered it on another planet? I right. think it wouldn't happen. But then I keep thinking, but the war is coming. On top of that, so yeah. it, it's I, I just felt kind of lost in all this. Well, I, and. Honestly, I mean, after watching the 10 episode story and yeah. I'm used to watching strange stories. I watch science fiction, foreign films, mm-hmm. all kind of stuff. That's sort of my bread and butter. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting here after we're driving to work thinking, like, okay, so she found the organism, but Sung, uh-huh. I think he must've been working on an organism that he was planning to use and that she, her organism superseded his. So that's why his yeah. was. So that's yeah. why, that's why Q was trying to get him to kill her. Then also the board queen picked up on it. So she also was trying to get Sung to stop the flight, which he was doing with both the drones and, you know, his sort of James Bond villain hand thing to get to poison her. <laughs> but I'm just like, like, like afterward, like figuring, okay, so they did, they did stop the drones and Picard did have a heart to heart with Renee. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I mean, I, I just feel like you, you should watch, walk away from this episode thinking like, oh, yeah, they did it. Hooray. You know, okay. but, whereas I'm still yes. figuring out the plot after I've seen the and, and OK, and why was Q on Sung's side in the first place? Yeah, that, that I, I forgot now. He he threatened him or he promised him something when they had that meeting at the cafe. Wasn't it like he promised him to like be in charge and have all the power or something? But like if Sung, if Sung had succeeded, Sung would have result would have guaranteed an evil Picard in the future. But Q wanted to save Picard. So yeah, I think yeah. here's what I think it comes down to. I think it comes down to Picard revisiting his past, literally uh-huh. having uh-huh. that heart to heart with Rene Picard. I think that heart to heart with Rene Picard is what it's all about. I don't think, I think that so the drones and the all the I think all the other stuff is all just stuff. Um, but what it is about is Picard coming back to his family home at a time in the past and having to actively choose to set his own history in motion um, by talking to Rene Picard, by putting the key back, by face sort of facing his demons and making the conscious choice. It's it's just I think that there's just like so much hay in this haystack that, yeah. <laughs> that finding the plot in there is a little a bit of a struggle. I mean, it, it so, feels to me like they wrote, they sat down and wrote the character arcs, and then they filled yeah. in plot. Yeah, between mm. absolutely. So, which is a good writing style, but you need to finish it. Yeah. So, what you're saying there for Charles is Q basically knew slash hoped that Picard would restore the timeline, but he took him to the edge to make sh- he he took Picard to the edge to find himself, but he was always rooting for Picard to go back and save that future again. Mm-hmm. But a changed man, right? That's the whole point. Right. So Q didn't want an evil future. 
No. No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, boy, that messed me up. And then I got to say, when what's her name? Okay, I still don't know. Why is Talon, why was Talon a Romulan? Why not? So they could bring Orla Brady back. <laughs> right. That makes again. I, I I literally don't know what that point was. I mean, was it remind Picard between? of? I mean, obviously, you know, it it reminds Picard of what's her name? Uh, um, but Laris. But who? Laris. Right. Thank you. Laris. But, but yeah, yeah, who yeah. wanted? Who wanted to do that? Was there a conversation where they said in the future he's got to get back with this woman? So you need to look like her four hundred no. years from now. I'm no. I, again. I got to. I and I was. I was lost. I was lost with that. I don't understand no how sense. her genes made it from that point to a later point because she died. Yeah. Like and, oh, and let's she, talk she, about she, her she dying. can have children already. She's old enough to have already had children. And let's talk about her dying. I'm going to roll here, guys. And I'm sorry. Let's talk about her dying. She's got all this super advanced technology, including that sonic screwdriver. I know it's not a sonic <laughs> screwdriver. I think they, I think they call it a servo. Right. They call yeah. it a servo. And I was sitting there watching my wife, and she said the same thing. It's like all this technology. <laughs> And your best plan is to shape shift because you knew someone was going to kill Renee and so you died. With all that tech, and we saw in the original series, the servo can stun people. As soon as I saw Soong, who, by the way, should not be allowed to be walking around near astronauts about to get on a ship Hell because yes. he donated a lot of money. I don't care how much money you donated. <laughs> no, that is she, not yes. protocol. Gary Seven would have zapped soon from 20 feet away because you remember in the original thing, he zapped that police that police guy and he basically made the guy sit down and go to sleep. And I thought that was the worst plan I've ever seen with all that technology she can transport and, sh- and shape change. She walks up and lets him kill her. That I thought that sucked. I, honestly, I just thought yeah. it was a horrible way to make him sad. Um, Alan so said something nice. I, I was, okay. <laughs> I really enjoyed this episode and I was so looking forward to us being able to talk about two episodes on the same show that we all loved. And like, we were going to, and like this show was, had was like going to redeem itself from us, like tearing it apart for the last couple of weeks. And we were all going to be like, Oh my God, look at that. Sorry, It's not perfect, (laughs) but I mean, like it, they did a lot of stuff and it was all good stuff. So yeah. Okay. never mind. I, I like the part I originally slept through. That was my favorite part. Wow. So from, from where Q reappeared after they did all the pastime stuff. And from that point, and mm-hmm. then what's his face is staying in the past. And then they all go back into the future and Borg Queen shows up and they block the thing. And then happy, happy Borg Queen is with the. They should hire you to do the recaps. Yep. Wow. I, <laughs> happy, I feel happy like Borg I just Queen. watched the episode again. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I Okay. So. Gerardi as Borg Queen. Mm-hmm. We we called that a few weeks ago. Yep. Where we we're like, yeah. obviously, that's who it is. That's behind mm-hmm. that mask. Yeah, right. um, I'm pretty sure everyone did. So that that p- pretty much changes the whole face of the Borg. Yeah, not face, not well, literal face, but you know, unless she head head out for 400 years, and now she just made yeah. Uh, if she was off somewhere else doing her Borg cooperative and not yeah involving herself with the Borg, yeah, right. Um, so, so now there's like factions. A- yeah, there's two Borg factions, yeah. at least two. Anyway. Well, if the collective is still out there, we haven't seen the collective in some time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, that's that's it. Alan, you make a very, very, uh, I like that you make a point that I thought about too, which is one of two things happen. Either as you guys are saying, there's now two Borg collectives or sometime between this show and Janeway, uh, Voyager, she wouldn't, what, conquer the rest of the Borg in the Delta Quadrant? <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know because we sure don't know what that space anomaly was either. But so far, though, we haven't seen any Borg except for her. 
Yeah. So it, yeah. it really could just be her and just she's just building up this ship around La Serena hmm. all this time. I mean, and yeah. she, she came out of an anomaly. So, I mean, I don't know where she's been or what she's been doing. Right. I, True. I don't think that we're going to find out. No, no, no I, I don't because... think so. I really expect it. I mean, you know, I was looking for some wrap up of the storyline, but I did not expect all of it to wrap up. I thought some of it was going to spill over into next season. Mm-hmm. Well, then like anomaly. The, maybe the Borg. Yeah. Or the Borg uh, situation mm-hmm. would be the basis for season three. And apparently that's not going to be unless unless they do play something into there being two different Borg factions. I don't think that that's going to mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see. We'll see Gerardi back at some point, you know, as Borg, but she won't be in every episode. Mm. But then I, I, I don't know if we will see her back. I mean, I, I thought the same, what you just said about season two, I thought the same thing in season one when I was like, yeah, are they really just. Oh, by the way, the synth band's over and we're, we yeah. can, we're all this, we, we can all just be synths now. And the uh, they just acted as if all the plots were done. And I'm like, wait, 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 all yeah. these plots aren't done. And then yeah. this this year is a different. Plot. So, I mean, we could come back next year and have a whole different story. Yeah. Uh, or we could Maybe have five years in the future again. Or well, two years. Yeah, and and we talked uh, at least last week about them thinning out the cast in order mm-hmm. to make way for the next generation characters to come back in. Yeah. So we we weeks ago completely called Rio staying in the past mm-hmm. with his right. new family, which I I love. I like um, the way they actually tied it up and gave him an actual ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we now have an effective end for Gerardi. She may make an appearance next season, but possibly not. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, Elnor's back. El, yeah. Ish. That's, oh, Issa Briones um, mm-hmm. is now gone off to be a traveler. So she okay. I, 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 I always felt like no, even though he wasn't in the trailer, Wesley was going to be in season three mm-hmm. and he was going to make a, an appearance as a traveler. So we probably will see Issa Briones back next season with Wesley. But not as a regular. Well, she was barely a regular this season. But yeah. Soji didn't go off to be a traveler. Not Soji. No, no. So they, presumably Soji well, should true. just turn right back up. That's true. I didn't think you know? about that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I was only thinking um, of actors, not characters. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're right. Speaking of Elnor, I mean, I thought it was a little bit weird that he just popped back up, especially after last yeah. week. They went to the trouble of creating this hologram so she could have her final resolution <laughs> and she could make peace of the fact that she that he had died. Yeah. And then this week is like, hey, guys, I'm back. Right. Which I thought was a little bit strange. Which evidently, according to Q, was the extra power he had left mm-hmm. over from um, Rio yeah. going back. So he had enough to resurrect him and put him back on the ship. Yeah. Which is what they tried to say. Um, since I don't have Facebook, I didn't get to post this. But I, did y'all read, because I read three days ago, that Allison Pill will not be in, in, mm-hmm. in season three at all? No, no, I didn't see that. I did. Yeah. Do we want to talk about who we, I mean, this isn't spoilers, who has, has announced that they're not coming back. Yes, because I don't know any of that. Yeah, yeah me either. Uh, El- Elnor's not coming back. Even oh, Megori has said that he's not coming back as well. Okay. So okay. I think those two have confirmed. I would assume that Rios isn't coming back. He hasn't said yeah. that yet, so far as I know. No. But yeah. um, I'm going to assume that Jerry Ryan's coming back. Mm-hmm. And uh, ho- yeah, I'm sure of that. Hopefully, Raffi's yeah. coming back because it does seem like they're doing a bit of clearing house this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but another thing, I mean, we we found out last week that um, you know, seven like Starfleet wouldn't let seven join to the point that Janeway almost resigned over it. Mm-hmm. So I was surprised this week when Picard gave her a field commission to captain of the ship and she just took command. Yeah, you can't do field commission with a civilian. That's what I thought. Like, can an admiral just say, hey, this chick's in charge now? Oh, I, didn't think, <laughs> I didn't think about that. Like, that she's a, she's a, a civilian and he just yeah, put her in command of the ship. 
That no, is that is a little that. crazy. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. You absolutely that. can't. Do that. Which it seemed so, to me like it's going to be a shortcut to next year. Yeah. She's just the captain of Stargazer. Yeah, I can. And, see which that. I think I think she should be. I think that fits perfectly. The yeah. Stargazer has integrated board tech. Right. Seven of nine is a perfect captain. I think we should all start campaigning for the spinoff now. Yes. Let's do it. With DS nine, it's seven of nine. So I'm, I'm curious. It, since Je- Allison Pill said she's not even going to be in season three, then I wonder what that means for the Borg story, assuming there is a Borg story. Nothing. I, there was not going to be any more Borg story. I would guess no. there's not going to be. I, I think we're going to get as much of the Borg cooperative next year as we got of the XBs this year. <laughs> right. Mm, which is agreed. Nine. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Good point. I like hmm. a lot. There's a lot about this season that I like. I like. All the characters, I think they've drastically improved the characters over mm-hmm. last year. I, I, From the first episode, I was really into the characters. I enjoy watching yeah. their stories. I love that they're bringing back these sort of weird little elements of Star Trek history and doing new things with I them. I think that's great. I think the problem is there's just, just so many toys in the toy box that you can't find the one you're looking for. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm, I'm watching the show and trying to figure out a theme or the plot and... But I'm distracted by this thing going over here and this thing going over here. And I, I just feel like it was just they're trying to do too much. And it just yeah. for me, it didn't come together. I know a lot of people have really yeah. enjoyed it and then some people haven't. But um, for me, like this it, as, a, as a story, it never came together. I did like in the finale. I love the scenes with Q. I really like where everybody wound up. Oh. Whether I liked how they got there or not, I love that Seven of Nine is all of a sudden as she's in command of Stargazer. I'm happy that Rio's got a happy ending with this mm-hmm. family he found. Cause I just felt that that just felt right for him to stay there. Mm-hmm. I mean, despite all the talks about butterflies, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can, don't step on a butterfly and make sure we collect all of our gear, but the board yeah. can fly off on our ship and this Starfleet captain can stay here. You know? So it's a little right. inconsistent there, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, ultimately I, I thought this, the scenes with Q were, were great and very moving. I mean, what it, and what it really came down to is that, he was trying to um, make sure Picard didn't end up alone. So yeah. how do we feel about that? <sighs> I, I <Yeah>. don't know. <laughs> it's like, just he, seemed, I it's feel like he has forced. not. Yeah. He has not made any attempt to make it seem like he wants to make sure Picard isn't alone. Well, any other appearance now, whether alone, I don't know, but I mean, he did. Had that, I mean, tapestry is a similar mm-hmm. sort of thing. Where yes, he sent back Picard back to see what his life would be like if he made he'll get the chance to make other choices and see what his life would be like. And it wasn't grand cosmic things on on the line that time. It was yeah. really just a, a story with Q and Picard. I don't know. Uh, did did you say that you have heard that John Delancey is for sure coming back next year? That's what he has said. Oh, I, so I, now I, I don't think I that's don't know right. how. No, I don't. I know exactly. It would, I would be unless very surprised he's playing a different came, character. Q's ancestor back in time. (laughs) Yeah, Q Q was obsessed with Picard because his past self was buddy-buddy with Picard when he was older. I don't know. (laughs) Right. I wouldn't put it past him. It had kind of the feel for me this year. You know, like American Horror Story, where every year, Mm -hmm. I mean, you can have Mm -hmm. the same actors, but they're all playing different characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seemed like doing that with Star Trek because you had so many actors this year who were just playing different characters. Very true. And like, I don't know if, if... Corey going off with Wesley Crusher is a goodbye, like you said, to Eva, Asa Baronis, or if that even involves her character, or if, like if, yeah. if so, if she co- does come back next year, will she be Corey, or will yeah. that, or will she be Soji, or both? Right, right. Or well, well, I don't know. Was that I don't I don't. I, it's hard to know how to take it. Yeah, and also from the the trailer for season three, 
you hear all the actor voices, including Brent Spiner, who was clearly not playing Data. Who is he playing? Oh, my gosh. I'm going to guess Alton Sung. Yeah. I'm going to guess that, too. But AI Sung. I'm not yeah. putting money on it because there's no telling. No, exactly. <laughs> it's, I'll, I'll guarantee you his name will be Sung. <laughs> it might be something completely different. Yeah. And another one of those Sung boys who looks exactly like all the others. This time he'll have a mustache and a monocle. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope so. That'd be amazing. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. <sighs> wow. So yeah. mixed reactions on Picard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it more than I have the last three weeks. Though. Yeah, I'll, I'll I thought say so that. Too. I, I enjoyed I would, it I agree a lot. With that. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I really feel about it sort of the same way I felt about the, the discovery finale, where I felt like the, the back half of the season dragged and then they rushed through the finale mm-hmm. where I wish mm-hmm. that they could have spread the finale mm-hmm. out and trim the season. And you have a little more time with what's going on when they get back to the future. You have a little more time with. Yeah. What, um, you know what I mean? Because I felt like there's just like first they had those drones. That I mean, it seemed like he was just crashing them into each other. Like, are they armed drones? Yeah. Are they just supposed to crash into? And I, I wasn't mean, certain. That's true. I, I mean, even if okay, so, uh, so Sung thinks that, this, that I don't. Maybe I should get back on this, but all right. So, so Sung thinks that killing this astronaut is going to cause him to be the like the god of Earth in the future, right? But yeah. surely, I mean, you're launching these things from, directly from your house, and then he's going there in person to murder the astronaut. Right. He's going to jail, bro. You know, like there's no. <laughs> You're not even trying to hide that it's you. Right. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. And also, okay, was... now that I'm on a roll, no, okay. how did he beat them back from France when they have a transporter? <laughs> Shouldn't they have been waiting at the airport for him? Yes. They oh. beamed back and said, and then went to his house and he already set a trap for him. How did he even get there? I <laughs> uh, didn't even think about <laughs> how that. How long did they I... fly from France to California? <laughs> I didn't even think about that because I was so caught up in either. the drones. 14 hours? And the... Yeah, you got like a 12-hour flight. Yeah, they could all had a nap and breakfast and then met him at the airport. <laughs> I completely overlooked that because I was so freaked out about the drones Ooh. and the fact that you can walk up to a uh, into the most important space mission in recent history and say, look, I donated a lot of money. Let me go see the astronauts, even though they were supposed to be in quarantine. And then he was just walking around. <laughs> I just find it kind of amusing. He was just such a jerk to that poor lady. Yes. She's like, yeah, she I never thought it. the day would come. You are so rude. How dare you? Right. That like, so that makes I mean, <laughs> even Elon Musk and Bill Gates couldn't go to NASA on nope. a mission getting ready to launch and just say, hey, take me back where the astronauts are. It, it, it right. really didn't yeah, make much sense. Yeah, here's five trillion dollars. <laughs> right. yeah, like, can you, can you <laughs> just walk the there and say, like, you know, guys, let me drive. <laughs> like, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, Picard, was... I swear. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm not trying to. It's I know. Same here. Same here. I it know. Was, I think my entire feeling is I think my what I've said from day one, episode one of this season is individual moments and all the actors, but it, the yeah. story never connected for me at all. I still don't, I honestly still don't understand the journey I just went on. Honestly, I just yeah. don't. In, Unfortunately. In, yeah. And what Charles was saying about, um, reconfiguring the the season and spending a little more time in the present after we got back from the past. I would also have liked to have seen at least one more episode of them in the changed future. Right. Because I love like changed timelines. Mm -hmm. I love like that, that look at what could have been, what could have become and, and that sort of totalitarian 
reality that they were living in is so fascinating to me. Mm. So a couple of episodes of setup, like we, like we got, and then an additional episode of uh, like changed future and then some past stuff, maybe not as many episodes of past stuff as we got, and then spend a little more time on the resolution in the future. Mm. Also the, the Q sentimentality thing at the end with him dying seemed so like season one with Picard and data. Yeah. And, but, but with much, much less saccharine. Oh my God. That, that, that data goodbye thing was oh, so awful. I liked but, it. I didn't mind. I, know. I, I just thought it was, I thought I it was so drawn out. Oh I didn't cry for Q, even though I love Q as well. Well, I'm still, I'm still stuck on what, why is Q dying? And is it just him or is it whole speed? <laughs> yes. I mean, what's the I think that's probably why I didn't we're cry because clearly Q's not dying. We're going to have to wait for the novels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, it, it, it literally made no sense to me. I'm thinking you got to, if you're going to do this whole season around this thing, and then I don't even know why Q is dying. I literally just saw it. Seriously? You're not going to tell us? I mean, what was that all about? It was just <laughs> weird. Yeah. So what do we think that this um, weird transwarp thing's about? I literally have no clue. It takes you to another quadrant. Do you remember the weird transwarp thing, anybody? A, a fifth yeah. quadrant. Yeah. That's what you I'm mean with. At the very end? A fifth quadrant? Yeah. There's not a fifth quadrant. <laughs> Qu- quadrants are fourths of things. Right. <laughs> okay, there's another quadrant. That would be a good episode, the fifth quadrant. Yeah. Like, yes, it would. That's a good title for a novel right there. Yeah, or like an Outer Limits type show. Yeah. I know it's not related. It, it it It's not related. It reminded me of that um, that that phenomenon in Star Trek where Picard met himself from just in the future. Mm-hmm. It was also kind of like a vortice in space that was pulling the ship in. Yeah. Remember that? It looked like a little war, but I'm, I'm almost sure that's not connected. I literally, I, I don't know. I, I, I sat there and I thought I cannot even put my mind around what it might be because I just don't know um, anymore. And I was still pissed off. I don't know why Q was dying. I, so I don't we know. know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think that Picard is going to want to explore this anomaly and the rest of the former Enterprise bridge crew head people are going to be like, hmm, Picard's going to do this, so we're going to go with him. And they're going to go into the anomaly. Well, if they go into the anomaly, then they'll have to run into the board queen again, and she's not coming back next season. Mm. Right, but she's only protecting the Federation from what might come through it. She's not like guarding it from the Federation going through and exploring it. Well, so sure, she, but, but the, so the ship can be there, but they didn't have to have to interaction. Well, that's well they, they can have her again. She just won't raise her helmet, I guess. Well, that's that. true. That's true. <laughs> that is good point. <laughs> and, I, and I was pleased that no, like giant robotic tentacles came out of it. Cause I was worried about that for a second. <laughs> like this again, uh, <laughs> we already had a big space vortex with things coming out of it last year. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I, I, li- I literally twisted my brain thinking about every episode that I've seen that has something similar to that. And I can't think of anything that makes any mm-hmm. kind of sense there. Yeah. Um, nothing, <laughs> nothing makes sense. So, I mean, we've seen that kind of effect with the one with Picard coming from the future. And we saw that kind of effect with yesterday's enterprise, which also looked like a, a vortex in space. Mm-hmm. But this is completely different because, they talked about basically quantum energy coming through that could destroy an entire that entire section of space. I uh, don't know. Yeah, it's Did a good we... thing. It's a good thing that that this anomaly shot like all of its energy in one like super directed 
you know, unidirectional beam yeah. that yeah. could easily be stopped by an umbrella. That's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah so- just the right number of ships. It works out perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, yeah. Yeah, I thought about that, too. I thought that was very interesting. You're right. It was all it was very unidirectional. Um, don't know. But we finally got Wesley Crusher back. Yay! Yeah, we were just worried the other episode that he was going to have to interview all of his friends for coming back to Star Trek, except for him. So <laughs> I'm glad. Right. It turned out he's way ahead of him. He's, yep. he's right. He's yeah, just, he's got so one up. I, he's but he's still a traveler. He's not back in Starfleet. He's yeah. uh, traveling. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, we got the revelation that the travelers are the ones who are in charge of the Gary Seven stuff. Exactly. I thought yeah. that was so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, I was so happy mm-hmm. that that will got brought into the show and i'm kind of sad that it wasn't in a scene with patrick mm. but at the same time i was so glad to see him back on screen and i you know and partly because i know how much star trek means to him and yeah. so to see him back on screen and in the family just made me so happy yeah i really liked how his character was portrayed and how he was still almost like the excited nerdy teenager from season one, but he was also composed and pulled it in. And he had, he had this energy that was clearly brimming at the surface, but he knew how to keep it only at the surface and not go beyond that. So you're saying he he felt like Wesley Crusher and not Will Wheaton. Right. Right. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say it's the complete opposite approach of what he takes on his after show. Right. That's true. Now on the after show, they were talking about how, um, I mean, basically, like all the shows were fighting over who gets to do Wesley Crusher. They all have ideas. <laughs> oh, that's Crusher. so sweet. But I'm oh, hoping nice. this just open the floodgates because he could be yes. anywhere in time and space. I would totally. love to be just yeah. on Prodigy. He's on Lower Decks. He's on Discovery. He could be anywhere. Absolutely. That would be so great. Yeah. And it'd be a good well, payoff for that Traveler storyline. Mm-hmm. You remember the, the Deep Space Nine where Alexander from the future was brought back to try mm-hmm. to save to Worf? I always assumed that that was Wesley who sent him back in time. They never said who it was. Remember, he just said he met a guy. And oh. I, have, I have no recollection of that, but I probably would have thought. <laughs> <laughs> but I probably would have thought it was Q. If yeah. I, when I had seen it, I probably would have thought it was cute. But I also ha- had no memory. I have no memory of the episode where he became Traveler. So mm. there's that. We should watch that again. There's <laughs> yeah, actually two episodes that involve that. <laughs> but I mean, it's Star mm-hmm. Trek. Sometimes you meet a guy who's got time travel. Yeah. You know, that's not terribly unusual. <laughs> I met a guy at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. My head canon has always been that that was West because who else would care that much about saving Worf? Mm. And so I, a, I always assume it was, it was Wesley. I absolutely that. love that. I have never thought of that before. That's yeah. so, I like that a lot. That's, so that's, cool. that's Yeah, that's my, my head canon on that. Right, okay, one last thing I got to ask, because I, I feel like I'm missing a whole lot of stuff. Um, with with her, him taking her to make her, now he made her a searcher or a traveler? What did, what did he make her when he took her away? Well, uh, the options are supervisor or traveler. But Yeah, because she can't be a traveler with no powers, right? I don't know what power she has. Well, yeah. I mean, she's a synth person and she's right. got, she might, she could have a, uh, is she a synth person? I don't remember. Is, no. Or is she, she's just biologically yeah. grown. Yeah. I think so. Yes. So she's not a synth like Soji. She just looks like Soji. Yes. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. So I don't, I don't know. I, maybe she'll be a supervisor. Maybe you have to start as a supervisor and work your way up. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> unless you're, unless you're Wesley Crusher and you have like, you can think mathematically beyond the parameters of the universe yeah. and whatever. Sure. Yeah. 
And one last thing Veronica mentioned and we didn't talk about, does it warrant um, anything? Project Con, that folder? That yes. Has? Yeah, this is what I wanted to circle back around to. Because, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it seems to me like they're they're retconning the eugenics wars to take place slightly in our future instead. Where, exactly. Now, the folder he pulled out, the Project Con folder, it was dated 1996, which mm-hmm. makes sense with the eugenics wars, right? Mm-hmm. But the way Captain Pike phrased it was that there was this big civil, like the, the new, the second civil war, which is the sort of the time we're going through now. And then the eugenics wars. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if 1996 was now when Khan was born and they're moving the date of his, of the eugenics wars and him leaving on spaceships and things into our future. Uh, Yeah. That makes sense to me. And they've said that that they're going with the, with the, um, the explanation that the records are fragmentary from before world war three. So if there's, you know, references that don't line up, then that's just because we don't want the, but they made the dates are messed up and that sort of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I, to me, I don't see what difference it makes. If the, if the eugenics wars happened in 2035, there's also, I mean, you're gonna have the same problem in just a few years when there's no eugenics war again and we don't have sleeper ships. Still. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. you're, you're worried about that. We didn't have sleeper ships in the nineties. We're not going to have them in 2035 either. <laughs> Can you imagine now that you said that? Can you imagine a podcast literally 100 years from now going, we still don't have star job. We still don't have war drive. We still don't have eugenics war. We got to push it forward. Right. Yeah. You know, retcon it every time. Right. Yes. But it seems like, I mean, it's, it seems at, least, at the very least a nice synchronicity between the shows because we got two different Star Trek episodes, and yeah. they both sort of had references to that. Right. So it's it's, it's kind of cool that they're doing that that universe building. So I'm hoping that the con references are really tying back into um, what we're going to get from Lon, Nooney, and Singh this mm-hmm. season as we get sort of her backstory and the eugenics wars. Right. I had a goofy thought when Nooney did that. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be you could make a really stupid um, um, comedy skit? Where every time somebody ruins one of Sung's plans, he opens a drawer and he's got yet another folder with another <laughs> evil. Like, he's got a whole drawer. Operate I evil green. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. And Clint Spider could guest star that week. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. The other thing that this ties together, and this is sort of a, a weird little, you know, tangential thing, but mm-hmm. the fact that um, Khan from Space Seed, yeah. and then from the movie. And then you come along to Next Gen and you find out about the, the person who built Data. His last name is Noonien Soong. Mm-hmm. I just thought that, that's the dumbest name that you could have come up with because yes. it's too similar to yes. a completely yeah. different character. But now there's a tie between those between mm-hmm. those that those two families. Mm-hmm. So I'm like. It took 30, 40 years, but now it makes sense. <laughs> it, 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 it always was weird. You're right. The new yeah. end always. I always got those too. confused. Yes. Yeah. Well, Gene yes. Roddenberry claimed that he, that he knew a guy with that name in the, in the military. And that's why he yeah. named those characters after a guy that he knew when he was in service. But um, yeah, I'm not it's sure not. where there's a name Noonian. Right. I don't know if that's a real name or not. It doesn't sound like one to me. <laughs> I'm like uh, Klingon comes from somebody they knew, right? With a name yeah, that's... yeah. Klingon was um he was a, a police officer who also was like a um like a uh what do you call it? Uh, he would advise on TV sets and things like that about police officer things. Uh-huh. A consultant. That's the word. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay, so I've run pe- across people with the last name Kirk. I've never run across someone with the last name Klingon. <laughs> it's C L I N G A N is his last name is Klingon. I've never run across anyone oh, with that okay. last name. Well, you didn't know this guy. 
<laughs> Apparently. I, maybe they're California-based, and I've only seen all of the last names in the Atlanta area from okay. other stuff. <laughs> Thank you for your input. You're welcome. I'll show you his memory memory <laughs> alpha. Okay, page. no, I believe you. It's just it's just I don't think you weird. do. <laughs> yeah, you know I'm gonna have to start Googling Klingon and Noonian and Song yeah. and Noonian thing and see who who's like that in real life. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna get nothing but Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I, you're right. <laughs> All right. All right, Alan, where can people find more of you on the internet? Well, I have another podcast on this very podcast network, and it is called Modern Musicology. And we've got 19 episodes out, and we'll have 20 by the time this you hear this, hopefully. Um, and then I also have my publishing company, Cosmic Press. You can find it at cosmicpress.com. And how about you, Keith? Um, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, t- usually Facebook, except for not right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back soon. <laughs> and how about us, Veronica? Monkeying around. And? Feltnerdy.com. Hey, you shook things up this week. I did. Yeah, she did. I, mean, <laughs> I felt like everything shifted like, around me. <laughs> going crazy, changing my opening, changing my closing. And I have a quote prepared for the in, for the closing. Go for it. Yeah. Okay. Who are you? <laughs> I know, right? No matter how many stars there are in the sky, no matter how many galaxies swirl beyond our own, no matter what mathematical probabilities or the number of times we say we are not alone in the universe, our first visit from the stars is always the providence of children's stories and science fiction. Until one day, it isn't. Good job. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.